Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, go out to iWorkForHim.com if you would. Now, yesterday during the show, I actually said, hey, would you do it right now and send me an email and let me know that you're actually listening. Love to do that. We got, a, got an email saying, hey, Jim, the, the conversation you're having was fantastic. Love it. Love to get that kind of feedback. It's super encouraging and it's really I just love hearing from new listeners because I know there's tons of people out there listening. I don't know who you are. Love to be able to hear from you. So that, And if you've got feedback for us, love to hear it. On I Work For Him, there's a Contact Us page. And you can email me, and I will email you back, guaranteed, even if it takes me a day or so. But most of the time, I can get back to you really quick. But while you're out there, the most important thing you can do is join the I Work For Him Nation. Become a part of a movement in America of Christ followers being intentional with their faith in the workplace, intentional by praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day, looking for ways to serve those people that they work alongside, looking for ways to befriend those people that they work alongside. So you got an opportunity to really be Jesus in a physical example, looking for ways to pray with people when you notice they're having a rough day all along being an employee of excellence. That's really huge absolutely huge. We need to be excellent employees. You and me out there in the workplace, everything we do should be outstanding. That's how it should look because that's what brings glory to our heavenly father. Romans 12, two reminds us that the work that we need to do needs to look very different than what the world puts out there. You hear constantly about bickering and, and constant, the culture is at war with itself. You need to just Adopt this verse as one of your life verses. Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. We've got Jeff Ruby on the air today with us from Red Rock Leadership. Jeff is one of our show sponsors, and he has also become a good friend. And, and as Jeff constantly works with employers and leaders within businesses, about how to keep their teams motivated. I said, Jeff, let's have a conversation on the air today on how do we motive, keep our teams motivated and engaged and feeling like part of the team. Jeff Ruby, welcome back to I Work For Him. Good to be here. Thank you, Jim. You know, I, I, before we get to our conversation for the day, I really want to hear about you've got another missions trip coming up to Paraguay. Talk about the work you've been able to do in Paraguay because it's been kind of cool and what you're going to do the next time you go. Yeah, so this is, uh, what, five years now that we have been going down to this church uh, in in Paraguay, in Ciudad del Este, which is on the east side of the uh, of the country. And uh, we work with a church down there that we help 
plant and, and, and get going, and we've seen it grow over the course of the last several years. It's uh, really exciting. God's doing amazing work. It's growing, and um, we're this year we're actually going to be doing a, um, a retreat-style teen leadership camp over the weekend, so that's kind of exciting and uh, really looking forward to it. So a teen leadership camp, kind of like what you do here, for the teens of business owners that you guys coach. That's right. That's right. Last year, we did a, a little bit of leadership training in a university, and then we did a little little sampling of some leadership training in a, uh, in a high school. And uh, what uh, Pastor David, who we work with down there, wanted to do this year, he says he knew the retreat style that we did up here over a course of a couple of days. And he said, you know, could we really could we really make this uh, something that would be big, that would wrap over over a night? And uh, so we're going to go off site and have a, a, an area out uh, in the in the rural woods area and, and play some games and and just really speak to them. And, and the, the cool thing about this is unlike here where uh, we didn't bring. Uh, necessarily bring the gospel message, um, you know, through our words and, and preaching or anything like that. Here, it was done in more of a kind of a secular type business environment. Um, we didn't we didn't keep it a secret, but down there we have the opportunity to our team to really kind of share testimonies throughout leadership camp and really bring uh, a biblical focus to it. And uh, we're really really excited. So when you go down there, you're the the teens. I mean, is this a fairly poverty stricken area or or is it a you know what what, what kind of uh, kids are you dealing with? It is uh, you know the one thing so sixty percent of the population in in this area is under the age of thirty. And, really? Yeah, and so it's a it's a border city. It borders against uh, Brazil and Argentina, and so there's not a, a strong representation of uh, of fathers they they sort of get to the to a certain age if they even stick around at all and then they, they usually you know head off across the border or go to another area but it's it's a very it's a very impoverished area but it's also very crime ridden so some would say it's probably the most dangerous city in South America a lot of black market activity uh, a lot of just um, drugs and smuggling and things like that. So uh, what you have is you have a lot of young young kids that drop out of school around the age of 15, 16, and they live in free union. Uh, they live together. It's called They, they call it free union. And um, then what happens is they end up getting pregnant and having kids when they're 15, 16, 17 years old. So we're actually going to be um, with a lot of those kids. So Pastor David said, you know, it's not just going to be kids that have been coming around the church. These are going to be kids from the community that the church members have been witnessing to uh, that know we're coming. And so we've been praying about this for God to kind of, you know, prepare the hearts of the people we're going to be there for. And we expect to see, you know, quite a few people just come to, you know, come face to face with Jesus that week. It's going to be great. That's fantastic. Love, love that. And be able to teach them leadership, probably a little bit of entrepreneurialism at the same time as feeding them with the gospel. That's a fantastic opportunity. We're talking today with Jeff Ruby from Red Rock Leadership. Jeff is a sponsor of the show. Red Rock Leadership is just masterful and working with leaders within organizations on helping them to be better leaders and helping them. Well, Jeff, why don't you talk about what Red Rock Leadership really does? We're a sales training and leadership development company. And so my passion is to 
is to grow companies. And the way I know grow companies is to grow people inside those companies. And um, so ever since my moment of trend, my, my moment of conversion, which was really 2005, and then my surrendering in 2007 uh, to Christ and deciding that I was going to, that his ways were better than my ways, um, God has sort of led me down this path to really be an influence in, in people's lives. And it's um, it's it's challenging. It's fun. We see people's lives change. Uh, it's it's fun to work with uh, people who actually are Christ followers, and it's it's fun to work with people who are not Christ followers, just to be able to see them gravitate to the light when you know, when you allow God to work through you on a daily basis. So, um, you know, leadership's just something in our in our society today that we really really lack. I, I really believe we we lose focus on how to teach it. Um, we're not really getting a lot of it in our schools. It's certainly not happening very effectively in our governments from many times uh, it's you know we're we're, uh, we're we're failing in our businesses and so um, it's challenging it's refreshing it's energizing and um, and people respond to it and they and their lives change because of it yeah it's when you experience true leadership you get to operate under really godly leadership even leadership that isn't godly but it's not self-centered because that's the way leadership used to be regardless of whether somebody was a a christ follower or not i mean we have tons of examples in the history of our country of people that weren't necessarily christ followers but they were true honest integrity centered leaders right they served others they knew they knew that the the essence of leadership was to take care of other people right and we have missed that you know as as we talk about in politics man oh man And, and you look at you look at the two presidential candidates, where are they leading? Right. And we can't go there today, but you know, we'll step right back <laughs> off that potential soapbox as I will just refrain. We need to pray for both Hillary and for the Donald because they both need Jesus in a huge way. And uh, and that's and, and we also got to remember it doesn't matter who gets elected, God is still on that's the right. throne. Right. Okay, so you spend your time training leadership and sales leadership and management teams all over Tampa Bay. How does your work as a trainer give you a unique view into the brokenness of businesses all around and the people in those businesses? What do you see inside those people? Well, you know, it's one of the things that I'm very fond of, and I actually the devotion that we're most likely going to do on our mission trip this year that we did last year is one that um, I focus on to just kind of wraps around Nehemiah and the story of Nehemiah. And, you know, the, the, the devotion is called broken walls, broken people. And so, you know, I, I begin to think about that devotion as you asked me that question. And I'm thinking about, you know, Nehemiah's really, um, the, the, the emotional drive that he had that took him back to Jerusalem. And, um, you know, he, he really had a passion for seeing his, 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 his nation be rebuilt and, and the walls get rebuilt so that there could be protection around those, around that nation again. And so one of the things that, that I begin to see as I go into businesses, you see brokenness all over the place. It just, you see it in individuals that are trying to participate on the team. So many times you see it in, in leadership or ownership in the management ranks and, and people sort of lose their way. And so I really sort of enjoy the idea of, of looking at from this and saying, Hey, listen, my job is to help these people build, you know, to, to get, to build up the walls again, you know, to really, 
kind of t- there's a reason why they got in business. You know, they they got in business because they wanted to take care of people. They hired people because they they were, were caring about families and they were caring about growing. And you know, to take them back to that point so they can reset their vision, reset their mission, come in contact with their core values, and then you know, step back and and really move forward in such a way that 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 people will then begin to follow them. And uh, you know, it's just it's just it's really cool when when that starts to happen, starts to come. Together together that way people within organizations where the leaders start to respond that way are deeply touched i mean you, you everybody's always looking up they're always looking okay well, well what's the boss doing because they will repeat the behavior they see in their bosses oh no question and when they see unethical behavior then they figure well that endorses me to do unethical behavior but when they see ethical behavior they're like wow okay right. there's something i haven't seen in a while right i mean it really challenges them but managers and leaders across the board, no matter where they are in the country or where they are in the world or where they are here in Tampa Bay, are really struggling with how to keep our teams motivated, how to keep them engaged, how to how to really build a team. I mean, really, honestly, leaders, managers, owners are struggling with how to build a team. Why is it they are struggling so much with team building? Well, there's a number of different um places I could start with this, but I'm going to start by saying th- this, that, you know, trust is essential in a, in a team building relationship. It's essential. And so when you, when there's a lack of trust and, and you said it, you know, there's team members are looking to, to leadership and they're saying, where are we going? And if, if there's not a trust about where somebody's going, then then you end up people get stagnant. People then go into self-preservation mode. They they begin to you know step back. They begin to look elsewhere. They 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 trying to protect themselves. And so what I always want to tell people is this: is that when you're building an organization, you want people to collaborate and you want people to work together and and be be happy, be engaged. You have to trust them and. And you, you, when you trust them, guess what? They begin to trust you, and it has to go in that order. So you know, a lot of times I hear people like, well, well, you know, there's there's not a lot of trust. There's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of engagement. Well, it's because they're they're scared. They, they don't you know without direction. There's you know what, what does the Bible say? You know, without vision, you know, the people will perish. Right. And so that's you know that's essentially what begins to happen. People then begin to to break down. And once they begin to break down and they become defensive, um, it's very difficult to get them back to that point where they'll they'll participate and collaborate. And so that's. Well, there's a lot of people out there that are jaded now. I mean, there are workers, the people that are in the weeds, that are actually doing the work every day, that have worked under leaders that were not trustworthy, that they didn't try to create a team. In fact, they tried to create a fighting environment. You know, there's a lot of leaders out there that, that pit their employees against each other, which oh, yeah. I'm not quite sure I understand. I don't think I ever had that management course in college. But there, there are a lot of people listening today that are very intrigued by our conversation because they're like, well, I wish my boss heard some of these things. So I want to make sure that we really, we give the people that are working in these environments that they're maybe they're not the leaders. I want to address it to both, both the leaders and the people that are being led. Because there's things that people can do that are being led that can influence a leader as well. But as we talked on our Monday show, uh, on, on Monday show, I had a different guest, but we talked about those core values and how if the business's core values are in direct conflict with your own personal core values, you will perish. You will get sick, and you are going to need to leave an organization if you're in direct conflict. And what you're talking about is if if you need to work in a trustworthy environment, and it's not, 
you're gonna you'll get diseased. I mean, that's where people get stressed. They get heart problems. They get stomach problems. They overeat or whatever. They, whatever it may be. I mean, it can really be a destructive force. No question. My encouragement to anybody who's working in an environment where you feel as though your core values do not line with the core values of the organization, um, I would I would encourage you by saying this. You know, you have to you have to have your own set of core values and. Many times, organizations have core values. They just they're uh, they're they're not stated. They're they're not practiced. They're not they're not. There's not a lot of focus on them. They're not taught. And so, what I would say to any individual that's inside of a company is, I really really been focusing on this concept of of fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And you know, when when we have what's called a fixed mindset. We we will absolutely become demotivated. We'll we, it 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 just your everything drops. Your your level of emotional intelligence drops. Your ability to make critical decisions under stress drops. You begin to blame others, become defensive. It affects your home life, your personal life, your health. It's not it's it's not good. So what I would say to anybody, you have a choice, and your choice is to live with a growth mindset or live with a fixed mindset. And the examples that I could give people are this: is that do not be threatened by the success of others. Do not be threatened by the idea that 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 your company is operating this particular way, but you think it should be operating a different way. I would ask you to find inspiration in where the company has has gone and what the company is actually doing. It may not be exactly the way you would want it to to, to operate, but if it's if it's operating ethically and morally, uh, but just some things just don't seem to be right and decisions aren't falling your way. Well, maybe that's your opportunity to be a light. And, 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 and to be that person who steps up. And, and we need people like that to step up to, so that business owners recognize that those people are different. And especially if you're a Christ follower. I mean, hear me when I tell you, we need you in leadership in organizations. Well, and one of the ways to infiltrate the enemy ranks is you start that with praying. I mean, that, that's, that's the I work for him nation start off pledge. You start praying for your coworkers and employees and, and your coworkers might be your bosses. I mean, yeah. people that you're working alongside. Start praying for them. If they're not, if they're going in a direction you're not comfortable with, start praying for them. It will do two things. Number one, it will it will shift your heart to be able to look at your bosses the way your heavenly Father looks at them. It starts to transform how you see them, and secondarily, then you can see the power of prayer as you start to see the Lord intervene in your boss's life. Right. I mean, there's there's some powerful working going on there. No question. I mean, I would say this just very quickly. Be don't be demotivated by obstacles. Instead, see the big picture. See what God is trying to actually do, and join Him. <laughs> Go to work with Him, and um, don't 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 leave. Don't leave that post. Jeff, you and I were talking off the air, but it is a plague. Is that the right word? Yeah, I think it's probably a plague. An epidemic. That's probably better. Epidemic in business that business owners around the world, but certainly around our country, the United States of America, that their teams are, the engagement level of their teams in the mission of the corporations is very low. It's at an all-time low. It's a problem, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, business owners need to step up and, and 
take notice of this. Rec- I mean, here's the thing. They're recognizing it. One study was done that said 80% of business owners surveyed in this one particular study recognized that that employee engagement would be something motivation, a greater level of motivation from their employees would be a benefit. Yet it was something like 40% of them actually had done anything proactive that they knew about to help with that engagement process. Well, and honestly, there there are billions of books, probably not billions, but probably tens of thousands of books that have been written about this in the last several hundred years on engaging employees. And, and of course, way back when, 100 years ago, people didn't, nobody cared whether they're engaged or not. People just wanted a job. Well, now this next generation, the millennials, they want real. They want to see that what they're doing makes a difference. They want to be able to touch it, feel it. They want to see the impact it's making. And b- business owners... It, certainly if they're old school, you know, the guys, the generation ahead of us that are maybe almost retiring, they're like, oh, I don't care if they're not motivated. I'll just find somebody else. Yeah, right. you know, and, just and then, and press the, the button, flush them down the toilet. Right. The Gen Xers say, well, they should be motivated because they got a, they got a paycheck on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but it is this engagement thing. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it does have to be intentional. Right. So let's dig into that. How can we keep our teams motivated? And again, the people listening, a lot of them are on teams. They may need encouragement on how to stay motivated, especially when their boss seems to work overtime on getting them to be unmotivated. I mean, that's what that's the problem that you're dealing with. There's a lot of people listening today, Jeff, that their bosses seem to work to unmotivate them. And you know what's sad, Jim, is that the bosses don't even know they're doing it. They they actually, um, I, I just was in Proverbs 18 this morning, and uh, it was, it, the, the one verse that stuck out to me, I highlighted every single time I come through, is that, or maybe it was 17 from yesterday, but uh, the idea that, you know, Keep you know keep your mouth closed and and you might look more intelligent than if you open it up and remove all doubt you know that's exactly but 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 the key is this I mean, that should be and, my lifers but you know I I think by and large and one of the most tragic and I mean tragic that's a pretty dramatic word to use uh, one of the most tragic situations that I see with business owners is that they are trying so hard to 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 motivate their employees but it sends their employees in the opposite direction. And, and I would just say this. I, I know, boy, I could talk about this for, for five hours, right? So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to grab some things that if anybody's listening, just very quickly grab onto. It, you're, you have to adjust your mindset and your language to understand that the generation we're working with today is after three things. They're after, they're after mastery, purpose, and autonomy. They mastery to, meaning what? They, well, they, they want to become excellent at what they do. And, and even though we may not think that, you know, many, and I say we because I really think that Gen Xers are really at fault for putting so much pressure on this generation to perform. But, but we have to remember, we were the ones that went to the principal's office that argued for our kids to grades to get changed, right? So we were the ones that helped them recognize that they had to be excellent in what they did. And, and we were always there to help them. Right. And so it's the same way when we have to be here to serve and help those that are working with us. We can't just they want to be left alone as well. So there's a little bit of a there's a little bit of a uh, you know paradox there. You're like, like, they want to be left alone, but they want to become excellent and they want help. But they also want purpose. They want to be involved in an organization that has purpose. And so that doesn't mean going out. And, although this isn't a bad idea to pick a charity and raise money for it. That's not really what that means. It's that the. What they what purpose is is that they want to see you walk the walk. 
They want to see a talk the talk. They, they, want to, they want you to be sincere and genuine. They want to see consistency in your actions. And the slightest bit of inconsistency, it just it, it, it erodes away that trust. And so um, choose the words you know, that, you, that you need to use in order to stay in that growth mindset. Build them up. Here's a simple, simple little pattern, right? We used to, there used to be an, an acronym called PCP, and I'm not sure, this might have come out of the one-minute manager, I'm not sure, but I believe it used to be called Praise, Criticize, Praise. Was, was how Sounds we, like the one-minute manager. Right. Okay. I, I made a slight adjustment. You know, I went back and reread Dale Carnegie, How to Influence Friends and Influence People, and he says, criticism of any kind is not good constructive criticism, it doesn't even exist. That's an oxymoron. So what we have to do is change that C into coach. Praise, coach, praise. And so that's a motivational sandwich. So instead of saying, you know, most of us do it CPC, right? Things got to get better around here. You're really good. I'm glad you're here. But if things don't get better, we're going to have to start cutting some jobs. And we think that's going to motivate them to try harder. I, and I'm constantly, ama- <laughs> constantly amazed at business owners that do that. And, they, and then they wonder why their people are discouraged. It's staggering to right, me. Right. They're like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, because you just take a deep, I got a deep breath. Cause well, that's one of those soapboxes. Hey, I, I found it. Proverbs 17, 28. There it is. Even fools are thought wise if they keep their mouths shut. That's it. That's a, I, I, that's a Jim Brangenberg paraphrase and discerning if they hold their tongues. Proverbs 17, 28. But the, the point of this is that business owners, they think that they're, they think, well, they can write a check and that'll make their people happy. Right. But this next generation, it's not all about the money. No, no. And they also, if, if they, if they hear the boss saying, do as I say, not as I do, they're not buying that game no, either. Not at all. You know, at, when we first got out of college, that's all we had a choice to work for. That's right. With people like that. Yeah. So motivating people is really an art. It's really an art. Jeff, how can a leader recognize that their team, what are some of the signs that their team is struggling with engagement, that their team is struggling being motivated? Well, the easiest sign is there's just a blatant lack of results. Uh, Sales numbers have dropped. um, Customer engagement has dropped. So that that is typically what we'll hear is you know when when business owners will approach me to say yeah, it isn't that employee they they'll never come to me and say hey listen my employees aren't engaged generally it shows up in other things like sales results or customer service ratings or turnover is a big thing and you know they they just don't understand why people is a revolving door they don't know why people are leaving or they so tell so. they tell people listen if things don't change around here heads will be cut and they're wondering why people leave right um, or they change you know they change comp plans because sales are 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 um, you know sales are sagging so we have to change the comp plan and so what we do is you know it's kind of like a carrot and stick thing well, well we're going to lower the comp plan because sales are sagging but we're going to give them a bigger upside if they jump higher and you know faster it's it's counter it's counterintuitive it, it doesn't it doesn't play well uh, with people's minds and so yeah how often do you see leaders when they get to that point and they don't know the answer and they don't know where to go and they don't come to you and, and so they're struggling they're really they're deep in the weeds and and they're 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 struggling they're in the they're in the red you know their business is in the red how often do you see business leaders humble enough to go and approach their own employees and go, listen, what I'm doing is not working. Anybody got any ideas here? Because what I'm doing is not working. I'd like to get your feedback. Do you ever see leaders humble enough to ask that question of their own people to get the wisdom out of their own troops? 
I do. I, I do. And, you know, a lot of times I help play the role in that is, you know, where we may go to the employees together. And sometimes I encourage them not to there's a way to humble yourself without without also um, sending the message that you don't know what's going on. And so that's also important because they are looking at you to be that 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 pillar, that that strength. So, um, you know, some of that can be can, can come across a little passive aggressive, too. So it's just shaping those words again and, you know, saying, hey, listen, um, there's been some obstacles that we that we're all approaching. We're all feeling it. I'm feeling it. Um, and a lot of times they'll say, listen, you know, I, I brought Jeff in and, and what we'd like to do is like to just ask some questions, get some things out on the table, brainstorm this thing, get some ideas up on the board. And this is an all play because you. You guys are the are the are the feet that you know the hands and feet of the organization. You're the eyes and the ears. So we want to hear from you, and and we'll empower them to uh, to go ahead and now now that empowerment thing. You have to understand something. Employees will not feel empowered until they feel as though they have some control. So if they feel like this is a, they're about ready to get duped. Um, they they generally won't speak up. So there's a process. What, that, what does that look like? Because I mean, because you're yeah. talking about the, that's ethereal. Let's talk about real. What does that look like when employees feel like they're about ready to get duped? What, what do you mean? Well, we've been down this road before. Um, you know, the last time the last time we had this conversation, so and so got fired. Um, you know, it all sounds great, but you know, the reality is things are never going to change around here. You, you begin to hear those things will come out, not obviously in front of the the, the owner uh, or in front of the manager, but when you begin to you know say to them, hey, listen, if you don't speak your mind right, um, then nobody's going to speak their mind. So, what's the worst that could happen? You know, it's it, you could you could speak your mind and lose your job, which is only going to accelerate the process and get you into higher ground anyway. Or you could just trust the process we're going through here, speak your mind, and 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 allow things to 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 happen. And if the business owner is really listening, okay, and and people feel empowered, okay, once they begin to feel empowered, that's where motivation comes from. Once they feel empowered, they feel like they're being listened to. They're motivated to continue. There's a lot of people listening today, though, that are deep in organizations. You know, they're way levels down, and they're like, well, how can I possibly make a difference? How could I possibly? It seems like it doesn't matter what I say, nobody's listening. How, wow. What do you say to those people? I mean, you know you know those organizations, whether they're government organizations or they're, they're big medical organizations or they're, they're organizations with lots of levels and... I mean, what do you say to those people? You were created for a purpose on purpose, and you're exactly where you are because God wanted you to make a difference, and um, He didn't put you there so you couldn't make a difference. And you know, some of the, I mean, look at where, look at Joseph, right? In in Egypt, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, could how, how much lower could you get? And uh, you know, J- Joseph knew he was created for a purpose on purpose, and that's what I would say to anybody. You know, you, you, you humble yourself. Um, humble yourself. You know, I did a, I did a, a study last um, last couple of months. Really, have been it's been an ongoing thing for me. I was to be totally transparent. Um, my attitude's been real bad. I've had some just some major mindset issues myself. You know, and and we all go through these seasons. You know, and and uh, the one thing I started to search for and and really come to the realization was that um, I had really lost a lot of gratitude. I wasn't I wasn't grateful for what was going on around me. I found fault. I was being very judgmental. A lot of things were going on around me, and I was just really kind of very sour. And uh, that seed of bitterness was growing, and it was turning into resentment and for no apparent reason. And uh, you know, I, I, turned, I turned that to worship, 
And, uh, and, I, and I began to look in at every single thing that happened to me in that moment and force myself to just, just worship in that moment and, and recognize, you know what, God put me here for a reason in this very moment. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, so I that's, just, that's a hard discipline, though. It is to hard. To thank the Lord when things seem like they're totally going against you and to say, I trust you, Lord. Thank you for this miserable spot that I'm in. And to mean it, not just to say it, but to actually mean it, that's a tough that's a tough thing. But it empowers you. And when you're empowered, you're motivated, right? And when you're motivated, you can make a difference. And so, um, you know, he, I, I, I'm so thankful that, that as, I, as I look at the future, um, I don't see the end of the road, right? I see eternity. And having, that, having that, that eternal purpose, that eternal vision, the idea that, hey, listen, you know, this is, this is, there's, I'm, there's no finish line here. You know what I mean? It's, I know I got to act in the moment to be purposeful in the moment, but my charge is to bring other people to the light. You know what I mean? Is to bring them to the foot of the cross. And that, that's at the end of the day, aside from everything else, that's my charge. Well, that is your only responsibility. Everything else, that's it. everything else ends up in a dumpster or a landfill somewhere else. I mean, that's your it. relationship with your heavenly father and those you bring alongside with you that's our task. That's it. And it is so easy to get caught up in, yeah, but I got to pay my electric bill. I got to pay my cable bill. I got to pay my car insurance. I got Those are all distractions. Yes, they're ne- necessary. But again, a lot of those are choices of yours. But what is it? You know, are, do you know the person that you sit next to in your cubicle? Are you praying for your boss? Do you know why your boss is cranky today? Do you have any idea? Have you asked him or her? You know, there's... There's a way to bring the gospel in practically into every conversation if you do it with intentionality. We're talking today with Jeff Ruby from Red Rock Leadership. You can find out more about him online at redrockleadership.com. That's redrockleadership.com. And we're talking about how do we get our teams motivated? How do we keep them engaged? How do we keep you engaged uh, in the conversation, keep you engaged in your job? And we gave away a book today on the air. We still get a copy to give away yet called About my Father's Business by Reggie Campbell. I'd like to put a copy in your hands. This is a manual on how to identify where people are in relationship to Christ and how to move them in the forward direction to a deeper relationship with our Heavenly Father. I'd recommend you get a copy because this book is super influential in my own life. 877-943-9673. 877-943-9673. Call right now. Ace is just sitting there working on a crossword puzzle. So just call him and interrupt. And maybe he'll have a question for you on a word he's trying to figure out. 877-943-9673. Jeff, you've got... When you look at business owners, you know, a lot of business owners, frankly, you know, as much as you hear, let's, I'll try to keep this apolitical. Business owners are already feeling the pinch. We had eight years of economic mm, averageness. Okay. It, it not, the, the economy's not booming. Jobs are barely growing. The GDP is barely growing. You got business owners that are almost hunkering down and they're, they're not in panic mode, but a lot of them are waiting for who's going to get elected and how's that going to impact my, how I do business? Because it, actually nobody can really predict how, the, how it's going to impact your business, but these business owners, we need to help them understand that their biggest asset is their people. And yet a lot of them, Fail to keep their teams engaged and chase people away. I mean, isn't that what you're helping managers understand the, the asset of their people? Oh, there's no question. I mean, it's your it's your 
it's your number one expenditure. It's your number one uh, investment. It's it's it should be your number one focus, uh, no question. I mean, it, it's it's the it's the single greatest asset of any business is your people. You got to protect your people and invest in those people because if you invest in them, you get return on investment in your people. I mean, the more you spend time investing in your people, in the old days, I don't, you know, this is at least what I grew up believing, that managers, what they did is they managed people. They invested in people. They got the best out of people. But they weren't also have a task every day. Right. Their job was to invest in people. Well, today we've kind of screwed that up. Managers are managers, but they also have daily tasks. And so they end up being task-focused instead of people-focused. Oh, no question. Yeah, we're we're... We're definitely in an age where you know training dollars get cut, or if they even get budgeted at all, and um, we're looking for you know we're bottom feeding on that. There was a study that was recently done. I just I'm, I'm kind of geeked up on studies because I just did a big presentation this morning that included some of this. But there's a study that was recently done through Harvard Business Review that, that showed that uh, when you brought in external coaching, in other words, you know. And, and we're really moving away from training and more towards coaching. It's it's a it's a it's a different style, but five point four uh, times return on investment. Okay, when, when you brought in external coaching to an organization, so I mean it it. it it does pay to invest in your people, to help them understand their interpersonal conflicts, their intrapersonal conflicts. It helps to, it pays to help them understand how to speak with a growth mindset, right? How to how to get away from having fixed mindset. When you do this, they begin to, pro, you know, have have more success in leading their people, their families, their social lives, and it it just you end up with with people that are. You, you top grade your your workforce. Well, it's like you're raising your children. Absolutely, and and that's what's what I think people are missing. If you're out there listening, and you're a leader, or you're a manager, a supervisor, or an owner, the people that you have underneath you, a lot of them, grew, do you know how they grew up? Do you know what situations they came from? Maybe they don't even know how to respect a leader because their father ran off on them. Maybe they've got a really rough situation at home, or maybe they just never were taught how to be respectful. Maybe they never were taught how to work hard. I don't know what the situation is, but do you know your people? And those of you listening that aren't, help your manager to know you. Don't make them guess. That's ridiculous. So... Anyway, let's just, Jeff, you wanted to talk about the, the just showing our people consideration. Right. You know, you, you were talking, as, you know, in the last segment as you kind of finished up, the idea that, you know, people, we have to recognize, we don't know where people come from. We don't know, we don't know what happened last night or this morning in their personal life. We don't know what happened to them in their lives. And, and, you know, there's a difference between being empathetic and sympathetic. Sympathetic is when we have pity on people. And, you know, we're not, I don't ever want to tell you that you need to have, that, that you should pity people. That's, that's not what we're talking about. And I don't want, I don't want some business owners to sort of tune us out or, or even some, some of those uh, frontliners that tune us out because the, the fact of the matter is everybody's got a story approach every situation with the utmost of courage and consideration for what other people uh, have going on when you do that search for kind of the win-win outcome and sometimes it might take some time for it to come about but um, approach your day-to-day with courage and consideration for other people when you say win-win that is always possible when somebody would say okay listen I feel like I'm losing and you just stop and you pray for a second 
Yeah. Say, Holy Spirit, I know you know the truth here. Help me to uncover that. I know you know what the win-win looks like here. But when you say bring courage in, what do you mean by bring I mean, consideration? We all understand consideration because we all have a story. We all have an issue. We all have issues. But what do you mean courage? Well, you, you know, sometimes we have to take a step out and... Um, you know, think think about this. Closed-ended questions close down a conversation. Open-ended questions open them up. And so if I'm going to approach you about something, whether you're my boss or somebody that works for me, and I sense something might be going on or you haven't completed a project and I kind of know that, I don't want to come to you and say, did you finish that project? I already know the answer to it. I'm going to shut down conversation. I set up automatic defense. Well, what I want to do is I want to I want to approach it with courage and consideration. I might say, Jim, how how are you? How are things going? Everything going well? How, what can I is it? What can I help you with? Well, you know, and, and I hear that you're busy and things are going on and things are frayed and scattered. And so what I might say is I might say, Jim, you know, you know, help me understand or, or help me help you with this project that that hasn't gotten completed yet. That that you're coming at this with a certain level of courage, and and you know, it's not the norm. That's not how people typically treat each other. Unless they, unless they are courageous, because they're they're taking a step out. It's risky. Leadership is risky. It is risky. I mean, look what. But Jesus set the ultimate example. How did he get twelve goofballs, and eleven of them changed the world? Right. He invested in those people. I mean, he had incredible. He invested so much into those people. He trusted them, and that took and that took incredible courage. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was God, so that was going. Jeff, great conversation today. Thanks for being on. I work for him. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in today to I Work For Him. As we come to the end of another show, I just want to challenge you. Go out to IWorkForHim.com and join the I Work For Him nation. Make that commitment to start making an impact in your workplace by allowing the Lord to transform your own heart towards the people that you work alongside. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him. 